this is Kelani Williams, and you are listening to Moderation. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode three of Moderation. Thank you all for being here to listen today. I'd first like to address last week's episode. I promise I listened to it a few times before scheduling it for Monday. Monday came around and I listened to it after being posted and the audio was botched in a few spots. Not really sure what happened there, but I appreciate your guys' patience and support while I hone in this process. Also, while listening to the episode, I realized that I cut straight to the chase. Now, that would be great if this podcast was purely informational, but the goal is for me to become a better communicator. So let's chit-chat. How are you guys? I hope your weekend was good, and if not, I hope that you believe that this week will be better for you, because I definitely do. This week has been pretty busy for me because of the start of the new month. With my job, a new month means a big recap of the previous month, and then I roll out all of the new incentives and gear that's coming out. Basically, it's a ton of designing and a ton of organizing. I've been trying to set the routine of organizing my thoughts and brainstorming for episodes on Mondays and Tuesdays, scripting on Wednesdays, recording and editing Thursdays and Fridays, so that way my weekend is free and I have more time to make changes if needed. Get this, I didn't get to organizing my ideas until Thursday, June 2nd, and recording today, Saturday the 4th. But that just means I need to do some more fine-tuning to my process, and that's good because it just means that I'm adjusting and I'm growing. Lately, going on walks has been my thing. I go in the mornings after I work out and then sometimes in the evenings if I need to blow off some steam or feel like I wasn't active enough that day. This week, on Wednesday, I decided to go walk the trail next to where I'm staying. I'm walking, enjoying the shade, enjoying my playlist, and then I get to what I would consider is about the halfway point. I was about a mile in or so. I saw this sign that said, beware of wildlife and had a picture of an alligator on it. Being that I'm a Utah girl and we don't have those there besides in zoos, I stopped and did a double take to make sure I was seeing things right. I took a video and sent it to Autumn because I thought it was kind of funny and I kept walking. In the distance, I see this guy walking and he looks like some nature dude. He's got the big sun hat on, long hiking pants, hiking shoes, just looks like he's enjoying nature. So we're walking towards each other and I start to feel like something is touching my legs. You know when you've just had a bug on you and you get that phantom bug feeling for a little bit after? Yeah, that's what I thought was going on. So I keep walking and every few steps I keep feeling bugs on or around my legs. I'd kind of move my hand to shoo whatever it was away. Now it got to the point where I was doing this like every other step and finally passed this dude who probably thought I was a tweaker or something. I walk maybe a hundred feet further and finally I look behind my legs Come to find out, there are like five wasp-looking things swarming my legs. I stopped walking to see if they'll just stop, and they didn't, and actually started touching my legs at this point. So I kept walking and was just trying to think of what I could do about it. They keep buzzing and are still surrounding my legs. At this point, I'm like, maybe if I just book it, they'll leave me alone. They didn't. I would sprint and sprint and sprint. I'd turn my head and see that they're still right behind me, and then I'd sprint some more. This went on for like five minutes. In that moment, I'm realizing I can't run forever, I'm out of breath and want to throw up because I've been sprinting, so I need to figure something out. I start to see the lake house behind the trees and figure I can go over there and maybe the lake will deter them or something. I come up on the lake and they're still swarming me and so I run up right by the lake house 
and my plan was to run up the stairs and try to go inside. At the foot of the stairs, there was this garbage can, and as soon as I passed that can, they left me alone. It was so weird. I kid you not, I felt like I was in the Hunger Games running from those tracker jackers. It was crazy. So then Thursday, when it was time for my walk, I went to go on the trail again because I figured that maybe I had just stepped on a fallen nest or something the time before. I was like 10 minutes into the walk and was being eaten alive by mosquitoes. So I turned around and just walked my normal route. Ended up walking 4.6 miles on Thursday. Needless to say, this week has been crazy. All right, I think that's enough about my week. I've come to learn moderation in traveling and how it's possible to travel and experience new things frequently, but it's also possible to be creating the means to do so. It's been a huge turning point for me, and it's something I've had multiple people ask me to teach about even before having this podcast. That's probably the most flattering question I've had someone approach me with, and I'll explain why. When I was little, my family moved around a lot. I grew up associating myself with the notion that I was a traveler who couldn't stay in one place for too long. Around seventh grade, when social media came into the picture, I started to see more of the world through people's media. They got to see all of these cool places and were getting paid to share them with the world. It amazed me. It sparked a really strong desire in me that I didn't know that I had, and that desire motivated my decisions for years. So that was what I set out to do. I was convinced I was going to become a landscape photographer and get paid to travel. Gratefully, I've grown up with a supportive family. So the summer before eighth grade, one of my uncles gifted me a DSLR camera for my birthday. I brought that camera everywhere. I'd bring it on family road trips. I would bring it when I'd go hang out with my friends. I'd even bring it outside to my parents' yard to go practice taking close-ups on plants in my mom's garden. I practiced and practiced and practiced. I was willing to do it all if it meant I would basically get paid to travel the world. Along comes my junior year and things change a little. Growing up as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I was taught that having a family of my own is everything. I went back and forth on this thought process a lot, but when it came down to it, if having a family of my own is something that I was to be seeking after, and I'm here pursuing a career that was centered around me being gone all the time, then it was apparent that I needed to explore different career options if I was eventually wanting to settle down. That discouraged me from being a photographer, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do at that point. I knew that I still wanted to travel, but it started to seem like travel was going to have to become something I do just as a hobby. Now, hopefully you've listened to my podcast episodes in order, because then you'll know that the opportunity to go to Bali after I graduated came about. The idea of this Bali trip rekindled that burning desire to travel, and I found myself trying to figure out other ways to travel. Skip ahead to now, and I'm able to work while I travel, and am sharpening other career skills as well. And that's why it makes my heart so happy when people ask me how I travel so often. I went from thinking it would only be a once-in-a-while thing, to it being an every-month thing. So, how does one incorporate traveling more frequently into what they're already doing? Luckily, it's a lot easier than becoming a landscape photographer. To be honest, it really is just a matter of taking that first step out of your comfort zone. The moment I wrote down my goal to go to Hawaii, I was making a commitment to myself that I would follow through on that. Therefore, I knew that I was going to find a way for it to work out. If you've only thought about traveling, stop just thinking about it and start writing these things on paper. 
but I didn't always have this job either. I think that in any situation, if there's something you really want to do, it's going to require some kind of sacrifice. Whether that sacrifice is your vacation days, your personal time, your money, etc. There are going to be sacrifices and it's a matter of what you're willing to risk. When I was at my old job, the sacrifices were time and money. I wasn't allowing my money to go towards anything extra while grocery shopping. I wasn't buying new clothes or technology. Once I started to go on trips, it became evident that if I stayed consistent in my spending and saving, then going on trips could be something I could do more often. I learned that there could be moderation in the time I spent working and the time I spent on trips, and that a vacation wasn't something that was only allowed to happen once or twice a year. When it comes to me planning a trip, here's what I have to suggest. I've never bought plane tickets through the app, but I've used it to gauge what a good location would be, and then I buy it from my airline of choice, which is 90% of the time Southwest and the other 10% being Delta. I get a lot of hate flying Southwest, especially from my Delta-loving co-workers, but here's why I prefer Southwest. They allow two free checked bags, as well as a carry-on and personal item, even with the cheapest plane ticket. Their baggage fees are also up front, so no hidden costs. If you're someone who likes to plan a seat ahead of time, Southwest might not be for you. They do have an open seating policy, so it's first come, first serve. I've started flying alone a lot more, so sitting by randoms doesn't really bother me, and I try to look at it as an opportunity to grow. Southwest also has a more limited selection on flight times and airports. If you're traveling anywhere within the US or in Mexico during the day, you're set. There aren't really red-eye flights, so beware of that. Personally, those throw off my sleep schedule, so it hasn't really been an issue for me. Southwest usually has pretty regulated prices as well, and they even have sales sometimes. Like last year, I took a second trip to Hawaii and got round-trip tickets for, I think, around $250. Southwest is the first place I look in most cases. I will say I like Delta's flight time selection. If you need to be somewhere at the drop of a hat, Delta is a great place to look. I do avoid airlines like United, American, or JetBlue. I took one trip and flew JetBlue, and that was one of the worst flight experiences I've had. I've been told that they also have fees for seats or luggage and whatnot, so I, I stay away from those airlines. For transportation, it kind of depends on where you're going. In Mexico, we used a taxi basically the whole time. In Miami, it was easier to get around with Uber because driving is crazy there and parking is limited. In Hawaii, we usually rent a car. The only thing I can really suggest here is the app Turo. It's a rental car app and it's really easy to use. You just pick a date, time frame, and location, and there's usually a good amount of results to choose from. I'm pretty sure as long as the market value of the car is under $22,000, then you don't need to be 25 to rent it. So it makes transportation a lot easier for younger people. Accommodation is easy most of the time because there are so many options between hotels and Airbnbs. I like to stick to Airbnbs because it's usually rare that you have to be a certain age to book it. Whereas with some hotels, you have to be at least 21 to check in. I like Airbnb because for the most part, cost is up front, so it's easy to budget in and you don't have to worry about it later. With hotels, you put the down payment when you check in and then it's refunded later. Sometimes you pay before showing up and sometimes you pay when you show up. It just varies a lot. If I'm in search of a hotel though, I use Expedia. 
They're pretty good about giving you all of the hotel details and the listing, and they've got a decent reward system. Ticket transportation and accommodation are what I consider the top three when traveling. Those are my top three priorities. When it comes to planning a trip in advance, I budget for those things first and make sure it's paid for before I even leave for the trip. As long as I have a way to get to this place, a place to stay, and know how I'm getting around, the rest can be figured out along the way. The other things to take into consideration when traveling are food, experiences, and emergencies. Personally, I like to think of food as an experience. If I'm traveling to broaden my horizons, why would I eat something that I can eat at home unless it's an emergency? When budgeting for food on trips, I like to budget up and plan about $10 to $15 per meal, depending on where I'm going. That way, if I'm not as hungry or end up skipping a meal, I have more money going towards a more expensive meal later on. One of my favorite parts about the food on trips is when I go with my friends Autumn and Alyssa, we have this tradition of fancy dinner. We all get dolled up and pick a nice place to eat, and it's just always a fun time. Experiences on a trip are important to me. I like to be involved with what's going on where I'm staying. For instance, when I went to Hawaii the second time, I went swimming with sharks and that was seriously so cool. Not something you can really do in Utah. In Miami, we went to the Super Blue Art Museum and that was the highlight of the entire trip. I highly encourage looking for things to do in the area that aren't necessarily touristy things to do, but just something you wouldn't be able to do at home. When you die, you can't take your possessions, but you'll die with your memories. As for emergencies on trips, there's something we'd all like to avoid and prepare for, but that can't always be the case. There's usually going to be something that comes up that you wouldn't expect to have to pay for, but having a bit of money set aside can provide some peace of mind if that's the case. So, to sum up my suggestions for making travel easier, budget for plane tickets, accommodation, and transportation first. Once you have that figured out, the rest can be played by ear. I like to try new foods and different experiences. Things happen sometimes, so it's smart to have the means to deal with it if that's the case. Traveling can feel intimidating, but I promise as soon as you take the first steps in the process and start to make a plan, it's so much easier to make happen. Down the road, I plan to go into more detail about the places I've been and experiences while being there, but I figured we'd start simple today with how to take that first step. That's really all I've got for you guys today. I appreciate you guys listening, and I will be back next Monday with a new episode.